This episode of the 343 podcast is supported by Bounce Athletics. Bounce Athletics is offering you an additional 10% discount because they know that you are serious about high-quality soccer products if you are listening to this show. Training balls from Bounce Athletics can be customized with your logo and your color scheme and will only cost you about $15 to $20 per ball. And if you compare similar textured training balls from Nike, Adidas, or Select, those would be in the $50 to $60 range. Now, I've personally tested the balls from Bounce Athletics. They feel great. They look great. They roll great. They hold air, which is super important. They are legit, and I highly recommend them. To top everything off, Bounce Athletics will send you complimentary mock-ups of what your balls will look like with your logo on them. Just email your logo to info at Bounce Athletics to begin the order process. And remember to mention 343 so you get that additional 10% discount when you place your order. This is the 343 Podcast. I'm your host, John Pronich. Welcome to the show. Ted Westerfeld is one of the few repeat guests that I've had on this podcast, which means he's one of my favorite people to talk to. He's most known for and most proud of his activity on Twitter. For almost a decade, he has been the most vocal warrior in the fight to free American soccer from its current closed caste system. And Ted and I share a passion for discussing the topic of promotion and relegation. One of the benefits of hosting this podcast is being able to provide Ted with an opportunity to explain in depth his stance on promotion and relegation to an audience of passionate American soccer fans. That is you. I also think that everyone benefits when Ted and I are able to have unfiltered and honest conversations like the one that you are about to listen to. And Ted will be the first to point out that he doesn't agree with how everyone operates that is for American soccer having promotion relegation. But he's also the first to say that everyone is coming from the right spot and everyone has the right goal in mind. A line from Ted's website sums up the fight for American soccer and American promotion relegation um, perfectly, in my opinion. And that quote from his website is, American clubs deserve the same opportunities as any in the world, end quote. I love that quote. Uh, Ted is the godfather of the pro-rel movement. He is the one responsible for highlighting the need for fundamental change in the way American club soccer does business. And he is probably the reason that so many grassroots movements have now started and are now fighting for change. You can learn more about Ted, about promotion relegation, and about American soccer history by visiting his website, soccerreform.us. You can also connect with Ted directly by following him on Twitter, at Soccer Reform. I've provided links to both of those on, or sorry, in the write-up of this podcast on 343coaching.com. And that is also where I've linked to my previous conversations with Ted. And like I said, I've had him... Um, I think once per year, every every year that I've had the podcast. So the links are all available in there. Him and I talk a little bit about that at the very, very beginning of this episode. Um, yeah, so that's that. Remember that you can subscribe to the show on all major podcast providers like Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, and Spotify. Just search the words 343, the way that we spell it. So the number three, word four, F-O-U-R, number three, should pop up. Um, on a more personal note, if you follow this show closely, You've, uh, you've probably heard me discuss why I started this podcast to begin with. It was largely because I absolutely hated the way that soccer was being talked about in the media. And again, you will hear me talk about this with Ted in just a few minutes. But I also hated the way that coaches and players were treated by the American soccer system. So after I started this podcast, I decided to use this as a platform to continue to call just to call out all the BS that I see in American soccer and to highlight issues that really matter to me. So this episode about promotion relegation is just one example. And I'm incredibly happy to share this conversation and, and all the conversations that I've recorded. I'm, I'm always incredibly excited and incredibly uh, thankful 
that I'm able to to share these conversations with you. And I'm also happy to be able to talk about a lot of these subjects without a filter. And I understand that that's a that is a privilege in American soccer. And uh, and I do not take it for granted. But if you enjoy this podcast and if you enjoy the types of conversations that we have and the topics that we get to cover and the education that we provide at 343, uh, all a lot of it we do for free, whether it's the blog or the YouTube channel or the free seven week coaching course, or just our, our thoughts on Twitter. Um, if you enjoy any of that, just please remember that it's the premium coaching membership that we offer that actually helps to fund and support this podcast and allows us to keep fighting and allows us to keep covering topics the way that we cover them. So if, uh, if you're looking for a way to support this show and, and to support the work that we do, the three, four, three coaching membership is the absolute best way to do that. And if you're not familiar with what that is, the the three, four, three premium coaching membership is an online course designed for ambitious soccer coaches that are looking to reduce their trial and error time. And what we've, what we've said for years now is that three, four, three, the undisputed leaders in possession based soccer coaching education in American soccer. And I believe that wholeheartedly the premium membership program gives you access to a proven methodology and it provides you with real training and real game footage along with classroom presentations, eBooks, audio lessons, and member forums for networking and sharing ideas with other three, four, three members. Um, just the other day, somebody asked on Twitter if this program was right for U10 players or U10 team. Absolutely. Uh, a lot of the videos that you see in the membership are actually of the guys when they're like U10, U11, U12. And so it absolutely applies for that. And then we've been saying for, for quite a while, Gary and, and Brian have been saying actually, um, that this applies all the way up to the professional level. So U10 to pro is, is what this, uh, methodology with this, what this program spans. Um, if you're already a member and you just sat through that long monologue, uh, thank you. Thank you even more, actually. Uh, but just thank you for being a, a member. Thank you so much for believing in us and, and for entrusting us with your with your coaching education. That means a lot to us. Uh, but if you're not a member yet, just know that we would love to have you with us and we would love to, to have you uh, check out what we have in store for you in the in the premium membership but please 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 check out everything else that we offer for free listen to more episodes of the podcast sign up for the free course uh do your homework about us before you before you sign up but when you're ready we would love to have you with us um you can learn more about the benefits of the 343 coaching education program or if you are ready you can go and just go sign up um, by visiting 343coaching.com all right uh long intro but it was something that i uh, i wanted to talk about and wanted to get off my chest. I hope that you guys don't mind me doing that. I appreciate you guys for sitting through it. And I'm super excited to share this uh, next installment of my series of conversations with Ted Westerfeld. And I hope that you guys enjoy this episode of the 343 podcast. Thank you for listening. Hey, Ted, what's going on? Hey, John, how are you? Doing good, dude. Doing good. Glad to hear your voice again. Yeah, likewise. How long has it been since we last talked? Like over a year, I think. Yeah, something like that. You're, uh, you're, you're one of my annual interviews, though. I think this is the either the fourth or the fifth time I've, I've interviewed you, which I think... It's been a few. I was trying to think back. It's definitely been a few. Yeah. It's been it's ever been since before time. Vegas. Yeah, no, I, it was, it was definitely, there was one, there was one before Vegas and then we had you come out to Vegas and I know that I've interviewed you since then as well, but I think, yeah. it's, I think it's been once per year since I've been hosting the podcast. So I think this would, when be you said that first, I was like, really is the annual, but then, uh, yeah, I think you're right. I think it basically breaks down that way. And it's always, it's always cool because in those, in those gaps of time, I always, there, there's always new developments and we were, we were kind of messaging a little bit last night and you're like, yeah, there's, there's, you know, so much to talk about. And this last, this last year or so, I mean, since the big debacle and, and, you know, the U S men's national team and, and the election stuff, but like, since the, all that really, you know, took, uh, took the soccer world by American soccer world by storm, there's just been so much that's been happening on so yeah. many different fronts and, and yeah. it's really, really hard to, to keep up with everything, man. There's just, it seems like there's so much more soccer news now more than ever before, which is really, really cool and exciting to me. Yeah. Yeah. As usual, there are a hundred different people doing a hundred different things in American soccer. And 
sometimes not connected with everybody else. And so it's going in 10 different directions at once. Yeah. Um, one of the, one of the questions I've been kind of wrestling with, and I, I, I've been wrestling with this for, for actually a while. And I don't know if I've ever, ever asked you this before or talked to you about it, but, um, the, the way that I thought about it this morning before calling you was, was Ted right all along is kind of the, <laughs> the question because you, like you just said, is that now there's so many different people fighting on so many different fronts, but they're all kind of fighting the, the same issue that you've been highlighting for almost a, or maybe, maybe more than a decade now, which is it's, it's like a decade basically. Yeah. But, but now you have all these people that are attacking this one, this one issue from so many different angles and, it just makes me, it just, the thought popped in my head was, was Ted right all along? Like, <laughs> it's just kind of crazy, but, um, but yeah, so maybe talk a little bit about how, how you're kind of seeing things play out right now. Like you, like you mentioned just a second ago, and I think you, this is what you really want to talk about is, uh, or I'm assuming you want to talk about it is that there are many people that are, that are covering this issue now and they're all kind right. of attacking it from different ways and they're not necessarily connected. There's no one like universal just push to, to get this right. done. Everybody has their own ideas. So, uh, talk. Yeah, to I think everybody's that. on their own learning curve as well. So, you know, for me, uh, after, after you do it for 10 years, it's, 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 I don't think that a lot of people, I think people come to the same conclusions who are, who have done it for that long. And that conclusion is that, you know, you're going to have to find a way to, to open the American soccer pyramid without doing it, you know, without convincing MLS, without, without running it through U.S. soccer. You're going to have to find a way to, to set up a, an organization or a group that, that can, uh, number one, be a, be a powerful force um, to prove that, that the issue is real and salient and a lot of people care about it. And number two can, uh, can, uh, influence, uh, MLS and us soccer in, in the only language I've seen that works with them, which is, which is power. I mean, you have to display power. You can't reason alone is never going to do it. So right now I see that there's a couple different camps and one of the camps is kind of where I was uh, eight years ago, maybe. And that was, there's got to be a way to find, you know, to get U.S. soccer. Where's the, where's the breakdown in understanding? I mean, this is so obvious that this is a good thing that, you know, if we can just find a way to open a reasonable dialogue with U.S. soccer, then this is, it's a no-brainer, you know. But uh, <laughs> obviously, I'm on, a, I'm on a different path right now, which is, uh, you know, we have to build some kind of organization that uh, is transparent and democratic and representative in which um, in which lots of clubs have a say and they can give those clubs some kind of protection um, from retribution and, and give them some kind of hope that uh, we're all on the same path here and we're all doing the same thing. Because I do believe most people who are involved in this issue are, 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 are you know, have, have the right end in, in sight and, and want to do the same thing. But it is all about the different paths and, and, and how we're choosing to pursue those paths. A good question, or I, I, I think it's a good question. I mean, I thought of it, so of course it's a good question, right? Um, <laughs> uh, a question that came to my mind, though, and you you mentioned it just briefly, is that you said eight years ago when when you were kind of in this camp, and and so this is this is the thought that formed in my head, or a question that formed in my head is: do do you ever think about your position eight years ago and how that? Uh, has morphed over time and, and does that play into how you talk about the subject today because it to, I, I guess I should uh, also mention that today you're, you're just very just cut and dry like this is how it is and eight years right. ago that that's not how things were so I'm wondering if, if right. that is why you are like that today well I mean my my opinions have sort of solidified and so it's it's you know uh, <laughs> Eight years ago, I was thinking that there would maybe a way to network in and maybe a way to, to, uh, to, uh, you know, find a way to influence people that are already involved in the system to, to, to go one way or another, just through reason and through, you know, honest negotiation. And, you know, I certainly inserted my own hyperbole at those points as well, but, you know, it, it's because at that point it, it, it was that no brainer aspect to it of, 
this is, yeah, how can you, how can you look at this and say that this is not the right way to go? How can you say that Americans are not capable of understanding this? How can you, you know, how can you say that you, you're going to find this new way for soccer to run? And obviously it's not working very well. And, but you still can't consider joining the rest of the world in, in, in the open system. But yeah, I mean, at this point, it's, it's, you know, my, my opinion is just to, you gotta find, gotta find a way to form this new organization. It's gotta be transparent. It's gotta be representative. And, and, and only through that show of power and force, I think, are we going to do it? And look, Chris Cassell and these other guys, Daniel Workman and, and, and the guys that are working with them. I mean, I helped them build that list a little bit here and there that they built and that, that their, their efforts have been great. And for those people who don't know about it, you know, you can use, look up them on Twitter and everything else and find out as much as you need to know. And I think they're coming from the exact right place, but um, you know, I guess this is a whole, this morphs into a different question, but um uh, you know, it's just, we're all doing things our different ways and we do communicate and we do, we do know, I know I communicate with Chris and, and Daniel on different occasions and we're, we're all trying to figure a way to, 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 to get this done as quickly as possible. You know, what's funny to me is to kind of watch the morphing of positions or, or just people's involvement in the, uh, in the discussion about promotion relegation and, and just uh, the, in the in the discussion of American soccer in general and how people become more and more involved and how their stances form and promotion relegation is uh, a particularly interesting one because people I think start out uh, especially like novice soccer fans MLS fans they start out thinking like oh no like we don't need that like like they listen to Alexi Lawless or whatever and they're like oh yeah we don't need that if you guys want it you guys can go do it on uh, on, on your own terms somewhere else and then and then like slowly they're like well you know, maybe we do need that. And, and they start to kind of <laughs> chime in with like little bits and pieces. And then I've watched people make the complete flip of, you know, that is the one thing that they are incredibly passionate about. And they, they, um, yeah, they will go to war for it now. And, and it's just, it's funny to watch the evolution of that over the course right. of, you know, three, four, five years. And, and like you, I think some of the guys and girls that are getting involved with it now are ultimately going to come to the conclusion is like, like how long can we beat on the U S soccer door before we realize they're not going to open it. And, right. and, and you just need to, you, you need to do your own thing and you can't, well, you need, you need, well, yeah, in my, in my opinion, you need to meet force with force. The interesting thing for me in this whole thing and the evolution is, uh, how the sort of the PR efforts vis-a-vis me have, have morphed and changed over the years. That's, I was thinking about that before we talked today. So, you know, what do you mean it's by this that? dichotomy okay, so. between you are completely irrelevant and nobody listens to you and what's the point and you and Ben Fast and some other people have a echo chamber and you guys talking to it. And then Chris Cassell tells me that people at U.S. Soccer say, I'm the reason that we can't have promotion relegation. It's, it's me that has poisoned this debate to the point where nobody will listen to promotion and relegation anymore. So it's like, well, that's pretty important. <laughs> that's re- no matter, you can call me a lot of things at that point, but you can't call me irrelevant. But in any way, it's all how that, all how that uh, campaign sort of plays out and whoever's orchestrating it and whoever wants to you know, attack promotion relegation and the people who want to split the forces and do all that kind of fun stuff but no man anyway. I, I i've i've always said that you are a very important character in this in this plot and people don't i just do what i do you know i mean at this point i i love what i do whoever thinks i'm relevant is fine whoever thinks i'm irrelevant is is fine i it just you know i'm having so much fun doing what i'm doing that <laughs> it's, it's just fun i'm just i love it but it's also educational, man, and and I think people overlook that aspect. They they see, you know, maybe a certain tweet or a certain series of tweets, and and you know they 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 judge you off of that. But you, I I don't even know if it's measurable how many people your ideas have reached. Um, maybe maybe through other people though. Like if you like, I don't know if Daniel Workman would know much about, and and this is no dig to Daniel. Sorry. Um, <laughs> would, 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 oh, no. would know much about the issue of promotion relegation if it wasn't for you, Ted. And I mean that wholeheartedly to both you guys. And I appreciate that. I mean, Dan is a really smart guy. Chris is a really smart guy. They're doing the same things, you know, but if I help them push them along, that's great. Um, you know, I told Chris too, just, 
look, if, if I'm or anyone's a problem in this, throw me under the bus, throw whoever you want under the bus. Say, call me whatever names you want, block me on Twitter, do whatever you got to do. Let's, let's flesh that theory up. Let's call them on their bluff. And if, there's, if there really is, if the reason we're not having promotion relegation in this country is because of a few Twitter personalities, let's, let's get that out of the way as quickly as possible. Let's figure out if, if they're being truthful or not. Yeah. It's it's something I actually talked about with Sebastian Salazar and how thin-skinned a lot of um decision makers are in in American soccer and yeah. MLS and US soccer. It's like they are so thin-skinned that if you you say or do something, you know, I don't know, 5 years ago, they it's like they still remember it. It's like they hold grudges and and right. and they're like, "Oh no, I I I can't talk about that because he said this on on Twitter." It's like <laughs> We didn't even know you had a Twitter. Like you're you're a ghost on Twitter. So like what the hell? But it's it, but it's so true though is that these messages and these conversations that people have on on Twitter whether you have 100 followers or 100,000 followers, US soccer knows about them and, and and Major League Soccer knows that 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 people are engaged in this conversation about promotion relegation. And I, to be honest, Ted, I think that they're incredibly worried about it and a lot of their PR and a lot of their spin is to uh, is to deflect people's attention from it. They they don't want oh, I think people so talking too. about it. So oh, I think so too. I mean that's and that you know we've had this conversation before, but that's why I got involved in the first place is because I came out like oh wow this you know like a lot of people I had an epiphany on promotional relegation. I was like what? How is this not a bigger issue in American soccer? And of course this is before Twitter blew up and for some other some other social platforms blew up. And so what I do I go to big soccer and there's. The, the response was so uh, having spent time in politics and, and the PR world, the response was so calculated and there was something about it that was so, and I was like, yeah, I'm in now. <laughs> this is, you know, this is, this is like a, this is an operation. This isn't just a bunch of people who don't like promotion relegation. There's a, there's a different smell to this and, and I'm in, I want a part of it. I want to, I want to help. Uh, I want to help push this forward. And if people don't believe in like in the calculation or the the concerted effort to combat issues that people are very passionate about on social media, I think a good example would be um, solidarity payments and training compensation. And how, oh yeah, and how this has been handled by American soccer's leaders and and the decision makers with Major League Soccer and. Um, and, and they have no problem with hypocrisy. They, they embrace. They just embrace. It. It's yep. just like if it happened two days ago. Ah, who cares? You know. Now we've changed our mind. Yep. You know, we're we're growing. Yep. No, but but it, it, the the pressure put on them on again, uh, you know, many many fronts. Um, yeah. Yeah. It ultimately broke them, and and before it broke them, do you know who it broke? It, is it broke the players themselves? And, yeah. and the players started to realize and the parents of the players started to realize like, hey, there's all these other opportunities out there for, for my kids and, and for me, you know, in Europe right. or, or abroad. And it's like, hey, if, if we leave and we don't lock ourselves down in, in this system, that's better for us. And so right. the, the kids started to leave and, and, you know, you see Christian leave, Christian Pulisic leave, Weston McKinney leave and, and some of these other like, you know, hype, Josh Sargent and, and these high profile names, they start leaving. And then... You know what that that seemed to be the straw that broke their the the back of, of the <laughs> and suddenly yeah. solidarity payments were legal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And after so many years of them, you know, you know, playing playing, uh, what's it called? Uh, not alphabet limbo. What are they? I, I can't remember what I was trying to say there. But it's like they they figured out so many different ways to to tell you that it was wrong, and then all of a sudden, overnight, it, it's right. And, <laughs> I just, it blows my mind, man. Some some accountant was like, "Hey, yep, <laughs> you know maybe you should find a way to switch your opinion." <laughs> but but it goes back to to something that you mentioned earlier, though, is that you have to fight power with power, and and so right. when when the players, I think, realized that they had the power, um, and, right, and, and there was nothing that U.S. Soccer could do about it, or nothing that the MLS could do about it. Well, you know, then they had to do something about it, um, right, which. It, it was, but it was the power. It was the power that the players still hold that right. ultimately changed the conversation. So that's what, um, I guess, clubs, independent clubs, right now in in throughout American soccer, seem to lack or or 
I don't know. I don't know if that's the right way to say it because they obviously. I mean, we can we could build a better mousetrap. People could, right? Um, mm-hmm. theor- theoretically, I know, I, I, I know. Well, if the market was open, right? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, so it's just it's just that power that the independent clubs here in American soccer don't have, like leaving and going to Europe to start what they whatever they want to do, like a player has. I guess is what I'm right. looking for. So right. Yeah, it's the same. I mean, it's the same onion. You peel that onion, it's the same. You that solidarity stuff. The more I've learned about it, it's right there. I mean, it all it all fits right into the to the uh, to, to the puzzle perfectly. What uh, what what would you say that people that are just joining the conversation today in 2019? What what are some of the most important things that they need to know right away? Um, I think. I think for me, the most important thing that someone needs to know is that, and look, we're all, number one, we're Americans, which we know better than everybody, number one. So everybody's got that opinion. So, you know, we are, it's the American exceptionalism is alive and well, and everybody tends to want to learn these things quickly and themselves and doesn't really want to trust, you know, the crazy people on Twitter that have been doing it for a really long time. But if there's anything I would suggest is, and no matter who you're trusting on this, trust somebody that's been doing it for a long time and try to use that to short circuit your thinking. You know, we all don't need to take 10 years to figure this out. You, there are, we can shortcut it. And if more people just realize that, you know, why don't you just use this to go from here to there instead of waiting until 2029 to get where the people who have been doing this for 10 years are in 2019. I mean, there's, if we can do that, we're, we're way ahead of the game. And look, MLS and U.S. soccer are trying to run the clock out, and so everything they can use to put a 10-year delay on everything. I mean, anybody that's been doing this for 10 years has seen them put 10-year delays on virtually everything or 20-year delays or whatever it is. I mean, 10 years ago, Sunil Gulati said we were going to be considering, considering promotion relegation this summer. So, you know, obviously that's not happening from the MLS level, and it's not happening from the U.S. soccer level. So, you know, it's just try to find a way to, to go back and, and, and look at some of the history of this, of this conversation and, and, you know, do your own research and come to your own conclusions. But, but, but look at the way that this has been argued on both sides for the last 10 years. Hey, sit tight. We are going to hear a quick message from our sponsor, Bounce Athletics. It's a part-time DOC. I had a budget and you know, we needed training gear every year, and it just was getting more and more difficult to find decent, high-quality, affordable training balls. That's Zach. He's the co-founder of Bounce Athletics. And as a coach, he was having a hard time finding quality soccer balls at an affordable price. So he started searching for ways to solve that problem for himself and for others. We've been able to experiment with a lot of different textured materials and construction methods, and and I think we've really got it dialed in to to where now you know with with our training balls we're providing super high level training balls that have all the modern technology in them for a fraction of the price of global brands. Zach and Bounce Athletics are offering three four three members and listeners ten percent off orders of those custom premium soccer balls that he was just talking about. Email info at bounceathletics.com to start the order process and be sure to mention 343 to receive your 10% discount. All right, let's get back to the show. What you said about trying to make the clock run out is something I think about pretty often. And and I think if people start to pay attention to just that one, that one aspect of, uh, of all the action that's always happening, it, it, yeah. it's, you always see this extending of, of the period right and so the yeah we'll do it in five years or or, you know the the you know we have a 10-year plan or we have this uh, you know in the future and it's like yeah when when is enough enough like like Mm -hmm. like when when is expansion going to stop in major league soccer because they've always said like oh it's going to stop at 24 then 28 and then 30 it's like okay so when does that stop you guys just keep extending the time and and that's just one example and i think if you pay very close attention to all of the different fronts, you'll see that they're doing that everywhere. That's always, that's right. always, you'll see the same. Like if you look back 10 years, yeah, you will see that. And you look back on Twitter, you look back on any form you want to look at, you can see that pattern pops out right away, right away. You see that you well, we're not ready. We don't have this. We don't have X. We don't have Y. 
But then we get to X and Y and we obtain, we get, we get great fan support. We get investors interested. We get, you know, a lower division that has, um, you know, a good number of, of, of professional teams. And it's, you know, we keep crossing the thresholds and then there are more thresholds that they throw down. So yeah, the, the, we're not ready thing. That's, um, that's another good example that seems to have like just, just, uh, infiltrated the, the minds of so many, I see. I, I hate saying novice fans because it's like, it's kind of degrading to fans. And, and I, right. I don't want, I don't want to be degrading to fans, but you know, people that are, don't, don't pay close attention to these issues. They're like, Oh yeah, yeah. We're not ready because they heard Alexi Lawless say it on a podcast or they heard Taylor Twoman mention it on a, a, a halftime show or something like that. And so that, right. that, that message just spreads like wildfire throughout these, this novice group of fans. And, and it doesn't do us yeah. any justice. Yeah. I mean, sometimes it's hard to tell on social media and I, you know, all, all I am is a Twitter account these days. I'm not, I'm not ashamed to admit it. So that's what I do. That's what I like to do. I've got other things I do and, but I like to concentrate on Twitter. So on this particular issue, this is what I do, but you know, it's hard to tell sometimes what are <laughs> with MLS's history of, uh, of, uh, you know, um, uh, astroturfing and, and click farming and all kinds of other stuff. It is, it is always interesting to me to see an account. Most of the accounts that I see carrying their water these days are, are, are not, uh, certainly don't have real names attached to them, put it that way. So it's hard to, it's hard to deduce like what takes off and with wildfire, who is, how, how is that being orchestrated? And is it part of the same you know, and not to make it seem like a big conspiracy theory, but anybody who who's involved in social media as a business these days knows full well that 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 you know a group like MLS or, or U.S. Soccer is invested in 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 doing having a social media strategy and paying people good money to do it, and that's part of that social media strategy, undoubtedly. Yeah, one thousand percent. And um, I didn't anticipate talking about this, but I, I wanted to bring up Grant Wall because he he has been an interesting character since the since the U.S. Men's National Team failed to qualify for the World Cup in 2017 um, or 20, 2018 was World Cup. We failed in 2017 though, um, right? That was when it was. I think it was right, uh, right. But yeah, it's been a while. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, but but he he's been one that's kind of now felt that he can like kind of dance the line more than more so than he ever has before, which I find very, very interesting. And then for whatever reason, he always throws in like a dig. Like he, he does like a little two minute video on, on promotion relegation. And then I can't remember exactly his words, but there was kind of like a dig in there at like the promotion relegation community. So I'm, I'm I'm just curious about the, um, you know, how genuine does he, how how genuine is he when he's covering an issue like that, or is he still so just indoctrinated, you know, from his time of of being, you know, the go to guy for U.S. Soccer and MLS that he can't touch those issues genuinely yet? It's it's really. I think that it's the only thing they've got. You know, I mean, I mean, as somebody who's been doing having this discussion now for a decade, it's it's they they it's the only thing that they can do at this point is go personal. And not to put Grant into some, you know, ubiquitous they, but Grant is uh, trying to draw that line between the thin-skinned people at U.S. Soccer and trying to reach an audience of, of actual, you know, soccer readers out there. And a lot of times, I think that, you know, in the in the American soccer media world, it's it behooves. Um, folks in the media to appeal to an audience of MLS owners and a few MLS fans than it does to the other 80% of American supporters that want to see promotion relegation or the other 90% of supporters that are watching foreign soccer and are ignoring MLS. So that's the dance they have to do. That's the dance Grant has to do. And I think the only way he can do that dance anymore is by attacking promotion relegation supporters. I mean, it just seems that that's you know, I think there's been a lot of fair criticisms of Grant. I think Grant gets a lot of criticisms out there from far beyond from people like me. And I think, you know, the reason the reason I tend to follow Grant around and, and, and criticize him where I think he deserves it is because he, he you know, there's only like a handful of, of actual paid soccer journalists in this country. And Grant is one of them. And Grant is is the one that a lot of people go through the network to, to try to find a way to make money doing it. So. 
I think it's important to hold him to a little bit of a higher standard. And, 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 you know, I think we're seeing the dance that he does is the dance that I think a lot of these guys have to do. I, I would be curious to see Grant exercise his power because I, I don't think it's far-fetched at all to, th- to say that he's the most powerful soccer reporter in, in American soccer. And, you know, for him to exercise his power and, and really talk about issues the way that he wants to talk about them in a, in a way where he, he doesn't have to impress ESPN or, or Sports Illustrated. I mean, this is a, a day and age where you can do what I'm doing and, and just be an independent soccer uh, you know person. And, and he would have no problem, in my opinion, finding people to support him if he, if he yeah, wanted to go there. I think you're his absolutely power. right. I mean, he certainly has an audience built in where he doesn't need Sports Illustrated to pay him. I, unless he's making money that I don't, I can't even, that I'm not aware of. I mean, it seems like, yeah, he could be his own, his own, his own thing and do his own thing and probably, you know, make his own living, make the same living he's making right now. I agree a hundred percent. And, and, but you know, there's a thing about American soccer reporters too, is that, and I've seen this in the last 10 years, they're very, um, you know, they remember the days when you couldn't be around the water cooler and talk soccer because you just get beat up or people would make fun of you. And, and so there's still a lot of that going on. And so being part of sports illustrated is there's a level of acceptance there that, that I think he probably appreciates. And I think anybody in the, in the national media, um, appreciates Andrew Doss is another one in the New York times. I mean, you, you know, you're a, you're, a, you know, Hey, you work for the New York times. Hey, that's a huge plus, but you know, you have to, you're going to have to dance if you're there. And MLS, you know, uh, conspiracy theorist I am, as everyone knows, but MLS can, can make your life pretty difficult as a journalist. And there is more, more than one published account of them pulling credentials of, of, of reporters that they, that don't tell the story that they want to tell. So, you know, again, you're back in that, in that world again. Yeah. I've, I've, I've talked to, you know, multiple people, um, about, what's his name? The U S soccer media director, um, or communications director, Michael Cameron or something. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 Just kind of like, uh, like bullying people in, in the press room and, and, you know, threatening the, the, to pull the press passes. And I, I got called out for it one time. Cause I think I, I mentioned this on a, on a podcast and somebody heard it and says, Michael would never do that. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so the person that talked to me about it is lying. Like I, I, okay. Um, yeah, sure. I mean, yeah. I, I, I guess I can believe that. Um, yeah, no, it's, hey, it's I've been roundly criticizing for, you know, poking fun at, at reporters for a long time, but you know, and, and, and originally when initially it was like 10 years ago, I was like, I, I just like, what is going on with you guys? Are you paid by MLS? How can you can't, how, why can't you have a rational discussion on promotion relegation in public? Like what's stopping that? But but it, you know, and their response to me was like, nobody's paid by anybody in American yeah. soccer journalism. So, yeah, no, and, and then that's resonated as the time comes down. It's like, okay, so, you know, it's just a weird network where everybody's trying to network in to, to American soccer journalism, but you know, there's only a few people actually making money at it. And you know, then that becomes a microcosm of everything MLS soccer, United marketing and us soccer pretty quickly. And, and you know what, Ted, I think it's, I, I do think that stretches beyond soccer and it, it stretches to just sports journalism in the United States. Like, you know, we, Oh yeah. No. Yeah. We, Good we poke, point. That's we, an excellent point. We, we poke fun at the, at the media guys because they enjoy their, their free pizza and their, and whatever in, in the press room. But it's absolutely true. Like those guys, like they do kind of like, like that's their thing. They they look forward to being at the game on Saturday and being in the press box and, and interacting with yeah. people at the water cooler. Like that is a that is a sports journalism thing. And right. and, and it just in the sport of soccer. I mean it, journalism as a whole. How much independent yes. journalism is left as a whole? Yes. And I mean I started out my professional career in politics in the White House Office of Media Affairs, so I got to see firsthand how uh, you know, politicians want to, you know, deal with the media, want to hurt the media, want to pull credentials and give credentials when it, when, when needed, when not needed. So that's, that's always been a part of my, uh, of my interest in this issue as well. Yeah. And and then it just gets, it, it gets, um, I don't know, it, because, because we've been fighting for so long as, you know, soccer fans and soccer players, coaches, whatever, as, as a soccer, American soccer community to, uh, you know, find the spotlight for our, the sport that we all love. You know, it just seems to be, um, I don't know what the right word is. Um, 
I don't know. Not I, I don't I don't know what I'm trying to say at this point, but um, but but that yeah. Issue, welcome to my world. That's what I do on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> that that issue of, of you know the the, the fraternization and and you know holding on to the little pieces that we have. I think it just. I can't, why can I think of this word? It's like fiefdoms. <laughs> Everybody has their own fiefdom. It's, it's, uh, you know, it's, all, it's, it's, everybody's trying to protect their little piece of turf they have and grow that piece of turf by any means necessary. Yes. And yeah, yeah, it's a tough world out there. I mean, most, most people who cover American soccer are making jack shit. <laughs> so no, it's like having, it's like having a small, and patio. the best ones, the best ones are making jack shit. So, yeah. It's like to me, it's like having a, a small patio on a New York City apartment, and, and you're trying to grow a patch of grass. And it, yeah. it's like it's like yeah, that's all you have. So you know, you you want to keep watering that every day. You don't want to lose your little patch of grass and whatever. Right, uh, right. And, and it's all you got. Is. Yeah. And so, otherwise, you'd be working at McDonald's. Yeah. No, seriously. No, seriously. <laughs> yeah. It pays better. <laughs> I, I would, and, and I say this. I, I say this as an Uber driver. Um, part time. There you but go. I, I would, I would be, I would be curious to know how many guys that are that are and girls um, that are that are trying to make it in soccer media also double down and they're, they're Uber drivers uh, or work these other jobs and the vast majority, right? Yeah. I mean, easily. Yeah, easily. I know. When I, whenever I'm and, and whenever I'm criticizing these guys too, I I know one thousand percent that I'm part of that group. Like I'm a podcaster trying to make it, covering the sport the the best that I can, and and scraping it together. And so a lot of times yep. when these guys come back at me like, "Oh, well, you don't know what it's like," I absolutely know what it's like. Shut the hell yeah. up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, I mean, there's plenty of there are plenty of places to get your information these days, and there's plenty of good writers out there, and it's a shame that more of them aren't getting paid. What's funny about Andrew Doss is this uh, this this just popped back into my head is that you know big time big time writer right like this guy works for the New York Times he makes a living off of reporting about soccer he was he was petty enough to either save a tweet of mine or to search which I find would be hilarious um, search back for a tweet that I that I had um, tweeted out six months prior. And something happened in, in American soccer, and, and so he went back to that tweet that I that I had posted. I can't remember exactly the contents of it, but he he basically said, "Oh well, how do you feel now?" It's like six months later. <laughs> what the fuck, dude? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and so I just, a lot has happened. Yeah, and so well, you were defending MLS. A lot has happened. <laughs> and, and so I just found that pretty funny. I was like, "Oh, like maybe I've made it." Like this guy, this big time soccer writer. Like you know, he's he's focused on yeah. the tweet. I, I said. Six months ago, so I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, uh, there's a lot of that, and Grant. Uh, yeah, I think that's an, an, another piece of what Grant does. Is uh, look, you can say a lot of things about the promotion relegation people and, and the people out there fighting for it, and but so much of the American soccer media and any and obviously anything that we've seen recently on the issue, it's it's from a from an actual credential journalist, if they don't put that dig at the promotion relegation supporters in that little blurb that they do about promotion relegation, that's, that, that's a rare occurrence. It's always like, well, yeah, but you know, if only they were nicer or if only they, and let's be honest, I mean, there's different philosophies on how to do this at this point. And MLS, I think is probably not as diametrically opposed to promotion relegation as, as we think they are sometimes, but if they do consider promotion relegation, they want it to be their show and they want to run that show. So that's the, that's the difference when you talk about when, when I find that when somebody talks about an, an, an unreasonable promotion relegation advocate, it's because those are the guys that don't want to run it through MLS. They don't want MLS, certainly don't want MLS to manage it. And they don't have any illusions of a MLS growing to 40 teams and then relegating half of itself to run promotion relegation with itself. I mean, it's, you know, that's, there's just different philosophies. And I think that's, it's great for me to see that those philosophies are coming out and, and that's where the rubber meets the road these days. It's not about educating people about promotion relegation anymore. It's about how we're going to do this and how we're going to move forward on it. And I think everybody participating in that conversation is, is basically instrumental to it. I'm just, I'm, I'm still massively impressed with the way that the conversation has grown to the, to the point that it is today. And, and I do think that, that Ted, I, I do think that you are, the instrumental piece uh, that that is that has helped to grow this conversation, and whether people want to give you credit for it or not, you know, I, I like I mentioned earlier about Daniel and Chris, and and there's plenty of other people that talk about promotion relegation now, whether in favor or or uh, or opposed to it. But it's right. but it is 
a piece of the American soccer conversation that is uh, on the, uh, you know, if there, if there was a front page, it would, it's on the front page every single yeah. week. And hey, look, I'm lucky that I've been able to do this. It's just been a series of accidents that I've been able to keep up with this and do this and make this part of, you know, what I do every single day for the past, virtually the past 10 years. So, you know, not everybody can do that. Um, I love being able to do that. And, and that's why I do it. That's cool, man. Um, where, where can people, if they, if they don't follow you on social media, where can they follow you on social media? And then where can people learn more about, um, about issues, about, about things that are, that are important to this conversation? Where, where can they, if they want to seek out education about this, what, what are some of the best resources? Uh, there's a, well, I've got a Facebook page on soccer form. You can find that. I got the Twitter soccer form is where I would recommend everybody goes. That's, that's, you know, the, 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 the Facebook feed is a, uh, I try to keep that updated, but I'm busy doing some other stuff right now. And so I, I've concentrated, buckled down on Twitter pretty hard and I'm doing a lot of research on American soccer history. So that's limiting me a little bit, but I mean, Danny Workman and Chris Cassell and, and, and their effort right now. And, uh, Dennis Crowley, I mean, you follow these guys and you follow Ricardo Silva and, and you follow the cosmos and you keep an eye on what Rocco Camiso is doing. I mean, these are the people who are, uh, who are advancing this conversation. Um, and, uh, and, and even though they're doing it on their own path, they're they're I think all of them are doing it from the right spirit and in the right, in the right, in the right spirit. So, you know, th- those are the people that you would follow. And, and you know, if you want to reach me, follow me on Twitter and, uh, and, and get me to follow you and you can pin me with a DM. That seems to be the best way these days. I love that you mentioned all those guys because if people just watch your Twitter timeline, they might think that you are opposed to these guys at, at, at different points. And uh, I know there was, you know, a while you, you and Dennis had a lot of back and forths on on Twitter, and and even I was messaging you like, hey man, like you know, see this guy out, like see like see what happens. And and so it, it's actually a, uh, uh, I I know that you you are also coming from a, a good spot when you do all this stuff, but if people only listen to you or only see your Twitter, they, they might not know that. So that's why actually I really enjoy getting you once per year for this conversation because it's good for people to hear your voice and good for them to hear you talk, I think positively about other people that are getting themselves involved, whether you agree with it. Yeah. I mean, look, the fact that this conversation, that the people that are pushing this conversation are, having substantive conversations and substance and differences, how to move this forward. That is a, that's a really big thing. And I know people want to look at this through the mirror of maybe politics where they see people fighting about stupid stuff all the time, but this is a conversation about the future of American soccer. And it's not just hyperbole and it's not just, um, you know, it's not just a people, people scrabbling for, for their little piece of the pie. This these are people who are really interested in getting the system open and we just have different ways to, different agendas right now and different ways to do it. And that conversation, joining in that conversation is, is, is really, really important right now. I, I 100% agree, man. Um, any, anything else that, w- that you anticipated talking about today that we didn't get to that you want to want to get out to people or not really, All except right. thank you again. <laughs> All good. man. <laughs> um, well, again, thank you. Uh, thank you for everything that you're, you've done over the, you know, over the course of a decade. And, and I don't know, I don't I, I don't really need to encourage you to keep on keeping on, but I hope you keep on keeping on. <laughs> uh, as long as I can do it, I'll do it. That's for sure. I mean, I, like I said, I'm just doing it because I love doing it at this point. It's not, uh, there's just no, it's, it's a really exciting time to be part of this conversation. And uh, I hope, I hope more people see that and, uh, and join in because everybody's opinion does matter. I find that on the other side, people are saying, who cares who you are? Who cares what you're, you're, you know, you don't pull the, you don't have the purse strings, you know, how, why do you have a say on spending other people's money? But that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about something very different and everybody's opinion matters on this. And the more people that speak up with real names and the more people that stand up and are transparent about it, the better. 100% agree, man. Uh, thank you so much for your time, Ted. I, I really appreciate you, man. Anytime. See you later, John. All right. See ya. Bye. All right. Thank you for listening to another episode of the 343 podcast. And a big thank you to our sponsor, Bounce Athletics. 
I also want to leave you with one note from one of our members of the 343 Coaching Education Program. His name is Thomas, and he's been a member for quite a while. And this is what he had to say. If you want to play insanely good with your team and start to understand the possession and positional game, this will give you a head start. I have tried the material on three ordinary teams, and after a year, they totally dominate the local teams. After two years, they are among the best in the region. The program 343 offers is not a complicated curriculum. It's actually simpler than you might think. But instead of more, you have to go deep in every detail. Thomas, thank you so much for that beautiful review. And I hope that everybody else finds that valuable. If you want more information about the 343 Coaching Education Program, the program that helps support and fund this podcast, you can visit 343coaching.com. All right, we'll catch you guys next time here on the podcast. Thank you so much for listening. This episode of the 343 podcast is supported by Bounce Athletics. Bounce Athletics is offering you an additional 10% discount because they know that you are serious about high quality soccer products if you are listening to this show. Training balls from Bounce Athletics can be customized with your logo and your color scheme and will only cost you about $15 to $20 per ball. Now, if you compare similar textured training balls from Nike, Adidas, or Select, those would be in the $50 to $60 range. Now, I've personally tested the balls from Bounce Athletics. They feel great. They look great. They roll great. They hold air, which is super important. They are legit, and I highly recommend them. To top everything off, Bounce Athletics will send you complimentary mock-ups of what your balls will look like with your logo on them. Just email your logo to info at Bounce Athletics to begin the order process. And remember to mention 343 so you get that additional 10% discount when you place your order.